0: The job numbers in the U.S. on Friday were a surprise and markets have responded accordingly. Rather than going down as the Fed tries to slow things down, they went up a lot. So good news, we've got a soft landing perhaps, but bad news, does that mean that the Fed is going to be more aggressive on rates? And how will that flow through to the rest of the world and other central banks like the RBA tomorrow? Nobody expects they're going to raise rates by more than 25 basis points but how much more will they do now after that it's monday the 6th of february 2023 it's the morning call from nab good morning well, a big increase in the US dollar on Friday at 1.1% on the DXY. Most of that, of course, from the surprise non-farm payroll numbers that we will definitely talk about today. Also, shares with the NASDAQ uh, down uh, 2.6%, a 1% drop in the uh, S&P 500 and the Dow down 0.4%. Still over the week, the NASDAQ is actually still up, up 3.3%. The S&P 500 still up 1.6%. The Dow is up only marginally, but still up. And bond yields shot up on Friday, up 13 basis points for 10-year Treasury the same in Europe with a 12-point rise in Germany, up 13 in France, but just five basis points up for 10-year gilts in the UK. But Aussie 10-year yields fell on Friday, fell 16 basis points down to 3.38% at the end of the session. Uh, but of course, since then, since uh, the US non-farm payrolls, uh, that yield is back up to 3.5%. And that rise in the US dollar on Friday saw a 1% fall in the euro, a 1.4% drop in the pound, but a 2.2% drop in the Aussie dollar down to 69.2 US cents now at the end of the the session. That is the lowest since the uh, the 19th of January. So what does all this mean? I mean, the jobs market as strong as ever in the US despite the best efforts from the Fed. Here's NAB's Tapper Strickland in Sydney. So what a surprise. Over half a million people, new people, working in January and the unemployment rate that was expected to go up actually went down to 3.4%. And, you know, as I've just outlined, we we saw a huge market response to that. I mean, it was a complete surprise, wasn't it?
1: Good morning, Phil. I think the Fed's daily summed it up pretty well. And on Fox Business, she said payrolls were a wow number. And uh, it definitely did wow the market. But, of course, uh, the worry for markets is that good news may, in fact, be bad news if it pushes the Fed to tighten monetary policy more than they Currently expect, and really plays into um, some of the commentary that Fed Chair Powell has been trying to convey to markets that uh, the Fed dot plot, which sees another two rate hikes um, to around five point two five percent, and holding uh, at that rate uh, probably through twenty twenty three, is a good base case. And just uh, whereas markets um, were only really pricing in another hike before payrolls and we're pricing in about 50 basis points worth of cuts in the second half of this year. So uh, no surprises in reaction to that data. Um, The market is now almost fully pricing a 25 basis point hike in March. And then a follow up one in May, So there's about 40 basis points priced across the two meetings uh, and uh, pricing for cuts in the second half of 2023 has been pared slightly, but markets still holding on to that narrative broadly. So around 40 basis points worth of cuts priced in. Uh, But the overwhelming narrative here is uh, the U.S. economy is still very strong. The labor market is Still very tight, and while there may be a little bit of uncertainty in terms of trying to seasonally adjust this payrolls data at 517,000, payrolls is just too strong. Um, And if you continue to see uh, labour market gains, uh, even half of that magnitude, you'd expect that would to put uh, upward pressure on wages.
0: Well, you would, wouldn't you? And and you'd expect the Fed to be doing more as well. I mean, in fact, the fact that the fact that you know we are only expecting one more after, uh, you know, the, the the expectation is that has hasn't really shifted too much, has it? Given the size of the increase, so obviously there's an expectation that this is a bit of an outlier. But look, the unemployment rate is down, even though the participation rate is up, and average hours are up too. So we've got more people working more. I mean, you know, quite astounding.
1: Definitely, and the two key uh, points that came out of the report for me was that average hourly earnings had shown some moderation over the past couple of months. Um, and while the monthly number at zero point three percent month to month came in as expected, the prime months are actually revised higher. So that means wages growth is not moderating as quickly as uh, previously thought. So the three month annualised is now running at four point six percent compared to four point one percent prior. So uh, still that narrative of some moderation, price pressure, but not. Perhaps moderating as fast as uh, what, what we're thinking before. And the second one is uh, with the Wall Street Journal's Fed whisperer came out uh, post Friday's close and noted that that labor market data basically sets the Fed up to hike rates by 25 basis points in uh, March, and then signal another hike after that, likely in May. Um, and in that article, we also noted that the debate uh, will start to be around whether the five and a quarter percent terminal rate as given in the Fed dot plot is, is enough, or whether the Fed or needs do to do a little bit more. more. Exactly. Yeah, and it. so the yeah. Fed's Daily was the only Fed speaker uh, who made commentary after those numbers. And she said um, she was prepared to do more if that's needed. But she said, right now, the most important thing to convey to listeners is that direction for policy is for, uh, for, for additional tightening and that holding that restrictive stance for some time. So we get Fed Chair Powell speaking on Tuesday. Mm. Um, all focus is really going to be on his interpretation of the labour market data, whether he continues to push back on the market pricing uh, for cuts uh, in the second half of this year.
0: and. Th- Those job numbers do go hand in hand as well, don't they, with the non-manufacturing ISM, which we saw on Friday, which really knocked the lights out as well. So the top-line figure has gone from 49.2 to an expansionary 55.2 and new orders from 45.2 to 60.4. So a stellar performance there.
1: Definitely. That ISM services just knocked the consensus way out out of the park. And if you recall last month, uh, that fall in the ISM service's did suggest that maybe there was a bit of weakening in the US economy, and you'd have to say that was one of the major catalysts for the sharp rally we did see in uh, bonds and uh, the rise in equities we had seen uh, since the beginning of the year. Um, but that was completely reversed out. Um, of course, there may be some seasonal issues uh, regarding that, and there remains a very wide divergence between what the ISM is saying and what the uh, S&P Global Services PMI is saying. So when you look at the Services PMI for the US, it's actually in contraction territory at 46.8, but the ISM Services is at 55.2. So which one is telling the right story? It's, it's a bit hard to know. It's very difficult to square the divergence, but you'd have to say uh, with the stellar labor market data, with uh, the jolt figures also printing uh, relatively high and also with jobless claims remaining very low, you'd have to say perhaps it's more the ISM services at the moment that's that's picking up uh, the true narrative of what's going on in the US economy outside of housing. So the turnaround that we
0: saw in equities on Friday, obviously a chunk of that was because of the fact that, you know, the the expectation now, I mean, I think the Wall Street Journal was saying, you know, that uh, investors are are, are torn in in, in two directions to whether those numbers were good news or bad news. But generally they obviously saw it as bad news because the the shares are down, obviously on the expectation that the Fed is going to have to do more. But also, I mean, is it that or is it also the fact that, you know, we had not great earnings results. So Google's ad revenue is down and advertising revenue is always, you know, if that starts to fall, that's generally a sign of a stalling economy. Uh, and uh, Amazon as well saying they expect uh, growth to slow down as well, which actually could mean, of course, not necessarily we're going to buy less. It's just going to, we're going to buy less from Amazon. We might actually go into high streets and buy more there. So, uh, But, you know, generally, I mean, the earnings, not, not all good is the takeout, isn't it?
1: No, it wasn't all good. But you'd have to say the equity market reaction was fairly mild uh, interaction to that mm. uh, better than expected data. So um, equity futures on Friday going into payrolls were already down 0.5%, partly due to the softer tech earnings that you did mention. And uh, the S&P 500 uh, fell by 1% on Friday. So relatively mild reaction when you compare it to the reaction we did see in rates and in FX. And uh, in rates, you saw the two-year yield up by around 20 basis points, uh, the 10-year yield up by around 12 basis points. And both of those are higher than they were prior to the FOMC. And you also saw that big move in the US dollar that you mentioned in your intro up 1.3%. is actually 1.1% higher than last week's FOMC. And actually, when you look at the US dollar, um, some really interesting um, change in narrative might be starting to emerge. So um, at the beginning of the year, the consensus was uh, the Fed is almost done in hiking, the BOE and the ECB probably have to do a little bit more. Now that's starting to shift, especially if this payrolls data continues, that maybe the Fed has to do more. Um, The BOE is becoming a little bit skittish about recession risk, and we get Q4 GDP data on Friday, so it'll be worth looking at that. Uh, The Bank of Canada has flagged that it's going to pause the the, the hiking cycle, and even at the ECB, even though they're flagging another 50 basis point hike in March, uh, they're flagging that they may uh, reevaluate the policy stance thereafter. So you're getting a little bit of subtle shift in narrative occurring, and to me, it's no surprise why we've seen uh, US dollar strength coming back.
0: Yeah, well, Hugh Pill from the uh, from the Bank of England, I think he's talking again today, isn't he? But he was really sitting on the fence on Friday, saying that you know they want to get on with the job, but guarding against the possibility of doing too much. Uh, So that's an each-way bet, isn't it? But, I mean, looking at the UK economy, I mean, it would be easy to do too much, wouldn't it? Presumably, which is exactly, I think, why you're saying, you know, they're questioning how far they do go now. Oh, definitely.
1: And uh, that, and you have to say, being a policymaker in 2023 is going to be incredibly difficult. (laughs) You're going to get many different... Pieces of data, likely some saying that the economy is starting to weaken because of all the significant monetary tightening that you have done, and then you got to balance that against the inflation outlook. So it's an unenviable job, you'd have to say, to be a to, to be a central bank think- official. You know, at twenty
0: three, I, I think they're reasonably well compensated for it, though. Tapas aren't they? Uh, and, and then, of course, we have all those externalities as well going on. Like, for example, in the news this morning, the news that uh, Iran is uh, planning to build a drone factory in Russia to help the uh, uh, the Ukraine war the russian side on the the ukraine wars and that is certainly going to escalate over uh, over coming months as we enter spring in that part of the world so there's many moving parts may, a lot of known unknowns that's for sure as well so uh but you know central banks what's the rba going to do tomorrow 25 basis points expected that's going to ca- take the cash rate to 3.35 percent. so i mean does that experience in the in the u.s does that change uh, anything as far as the rba is concerned i mean they, will they be looking at those job numbers and thinking oh you know maybe the same thing could happen here
1: for the RBA on Tuesday. um, Yeah, the market is very much pricing in the twenty-five basis point hike. But as you're saying, the bigger aspect of the RBA meeting is really what it does indicate for the outlook. And you look at inflation, it's actually running four-tenths higher Mm. than what the RBA was thinking back in November. Uh, Wages, um, although we haven't got uh, Q4 wages data yet, uh, it looks like that's running about four-tenths higher than what the RBA was thinking back in November. So you'd have to say on the domestic data, at least, it suggests the RBA needs to do more. And that's part of the reason why we think the RBA, after hiking in February, hikes again in March. And then really the conversation is, can they be assured that inflation is going to head back towards target um, with a cash rate at 3.6% compared to where uh, cash rates are right around the world, which is significantly higher. Um, We we think that they can. There's some good reasons. So you're starting to see um, some signs of global disinflation, particularly on the good side of the economy. Uh, It looks like the housing construction industry in Australia is starting to see some alleviation in pricing pressure. Um, although that's starting to be offset a little bit by the rise in rents that we are seeing. Uh, we'll be looking quite close to the post-meeting statement and whether the RBA can actually forecast inflation within the 2% to 3% band by mid-2025. Um, if they can't, then I think a lot of people will be saying the RBA has to do e- even more. And to us, that would plant the risk of the cash rate peaking closer to 4.1%. So we'll be looking quite closely at their forecast to see if they themselves believe that a market path that sees the RBA cash rate getting to 3.6% is sufficient to get uh, inflation
0: back to target. So, I mean, house prices are interesting, aren't they? I mean, you'd expect house prices are going to start to or the growth is going to ease uh, as interest rates go up but our new housing loan commitments we saw on friday loans down 4.3 percent in december that's the 11th time in a row if we look at the value of loans year on year almost 30 percent so is that going to, are we going to start to see that moderate oh, yes
1: yeah. so um housing loan approvals have been falling for i think it is nine months in a row now so um they've been falling um quite quite sharply Um uh, What's interesting about um, housing loan approvals is that the number of housing uh, loan approvals are actually lower than they are prior to the pandemic, but the value is um, higher than it is prior to the pandemic. So uh, we would expect as as house prices fall, um, as loan approvals continue to fall, that the housing market will continue to soften. And really, for a turnaround in that, you're looking for a peak in where the RBA is pricing because the main driver for the fall in house prices, for the fall in borrowing that we have seen, is uh, primarily due to lower borrowing capacity from higher. Our rates
0: and two numbers we get locally today. So retail sales. I mean, we we, we saw in the provisional number we saw a fall of 06 percent. But we get more information today, I think, don't we? And and we also get the Melbourne Institute's inflation gauge out today. That this has been a bit choppy, hasn't it? So the December figure showed. month-on-month growth in prices compared to a 1% uh, increase in November and
1: 0.4% the month before. I mean, they seem like they're a bit all over the place. Definitely. We tend to look at it in a three-month average sense um, to try and get through that volatility. Um, It's likely to get some attention but now that the ABS has a monthly CPI indicator, it's likely to get Mm. less attention, I I think. Um, As for uh, retail, yes, we do get uh, the volumes measure for Q4. Uh, Consensus looks for uh, a negative 0.5 print. Um, there's probably a little bit more downside risk just given some of the difficulties in seasonally adjusting the data due to the Black Friday, Cyber Monday um, uh, sales. And so we're going for uh, negative 0.7 percent. But just worth noting, uh, retail in, in Australia, as, as is reported by the ABS, is heavily weighted towards goods. Um, so even if you do get the decline in real goods spending, um, all it's really saying is a uh, Elevated good spending is starting to come down lower. It doesn't tell you anything about the services side of the of the economy. So I'll just caution about reading too much uh, into a fall in right. real. it's retail almost sales. like
0: normalisation post pandemic normalisation. Then, isn't yes, it, really yeah. is yeah. what we're saying. Yeah, uh, retail sales for the euro area to date they were actually up in December month unlike what we saw in Oz, uh, but down two point eight percent year on year. And we get construction PMIs for Europe too, uh, and for the UK. So some some European numbers.
1: Out. Oh yes. Definitely. And uh, just uh, quickly while we're wrapping up, um, also what's um, just happened just as we've been speaking is a Nikkei Times article talking about who may be the next uh, Bank of uh, Japan governor. And um, it looks like uh, the Japanese government has approached uh, one of the deputy governors, uh, Mayor Ashi. Amiya, um, and uh, if he is appointed, it would be seen pretty much as a continuation of Japanese policy. So, what you have seen is uh, dollar yen uh, rise um, quite, quite aggressively on the back of that, uh, just given he's seen as a continuity uh, candidate.
0: Wow. So, so so more of the same. How long can that go on for? Exactly. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were expecting some kind of uh, change to to YCC. But uh, if uh, the Japanese government was looking for uh, reform to the Bank of Japan, um, they're not going to get it with uh, internal candidate.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, there we are. That's breaking news uh, on, on the morning call. Thanks for that, Tapas. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. Well, that's it for this Monday morning. I'm back again tomorrow. I'll see you then. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Have a great day.